Hi everyone, I'm your host, Sean Lee Davis. I'm a filmmaker, conservationist, green entrepreneur, and impact investor. And this is Our Future Nature, a podcast spotlighting the ideas, technologies, and solutions for a more sustainable world. In this season of the podcast, we'll be speaking to advocates, entrepreneurs, scientists, and thought leaders about global, environmental, and social issues, and how we can go about solving them. I aim to separate the real talk from the greenwash and dive deep into novel technologies and solutions to help you understand just how exciting sustainability can be. With that said, let's get on with today's episode. Our guest today is Sebastian Kopp. Sebastian Kopp is co-founder and creative director of Veya, the first sustainable sneaker brand in the world. Hi, Sebastian. Thanks for joining Hello. us. Hello, everybody. Good to, uh, to be with you. We don't give a lot of uh, Instagram interviews. It's, uh, I think it's the first one. Uh, and very honored uh, to do it with you uh, guys because uh, um, we are from the internet generation, but we don't, uh, we're not very at ease uh, doing this. So uh, we're learning. So thank you uh, and very honored to be with you. And just so everyone knows, where are you right now, Sebastian? Uh, yes, I'm in Paris in our new office uh, that we just uh, we just uh, we just set up uh, last Monday, uh, so uh, four days ago, and uh, and very excited. Like the whole team is very excited to discover the new uh, the new office, etc. Uh, and in Paris, uh, where it's not very sunny today, but it's okay. It's uh, the summer is coming. Well, it looks like a great store. Let's start off by talking going back to the beginning. 2004, you decided to create the brand. Can you tell us a little bit more about why you did it? What inspired you to do it? Yes, yeah, so in, um, it's, uh, the, the story of the brand starts before the brand. We were uh, working in New York and in, um, in Washington, D.C. Uh, we were in finance. We were two younger lads uh, in, uh, in finance, we're 22, 23 years old, starting our career. Um, but we, start, we decided to leave everything um, to start an NGO um, that was um, tackling issues about sustainable development, meaning it was in 2002. Um, and we, uh, I, I was working in Washington and we saw that sustainable development was starting to be an issue, uh, of course, for the planet for the people, but also for companies. So we went to see big French companies and say, guys, uh, we listen to you on your speeches uh, in New York, in Paris, um, in, uh, in Asia, um, talking uh, nice, uh, nice things about uh, uh, the ecology, about social development. Um, what we propose you to do is we go on field to check what you're doing and to implement and improve what you're doing on field to see the projects, to um, work on the projects you, you're talking about and we work on field. So we started our, um, our, uh, our path with uh, traveling in uh, South Africa, in, um, in China, in Vietnam, in uh, Cambodia, uh, in Brazil, in Bolivia, all around the world in 25 countries to visit and analyze uh, projects about sustainable development. There was a lot of things. There was a, a solar panels uh, project. There was, there was uh, educational projects. There was uh, 
social projects in uh, favelas or in um, poor neighborhoods all, all around the world. And we realized that uh, companies, big companies, were treating uh, sustainable development as an accessory. It was not integrated into the business. It was charities, it was uh, doing good things, but on the side, not mm. inside the business. And uh, th this was in 2003. And we realized that uh, maybe the business of tomorrow, the company of tomorrow, the project of tomorrow was to internalize social justice, was to internalize the environment and the ecology inside the business, inside the project. So that was our thoughts in uh, 2003, 2004. And we said, as big companies are communicating but not doing a lot of things, maybe we could create from nothing, from scratch, a company that could integrate everything from scratch, from the start, and doing normal things, or things that should be normal, treating the workers well, paying the people well, respecting um, the environment, etc. And we decided to, to do this, we decided to create a new sneaker brand. So we were 25 years old, all our friends said, you're crazy, you don't know anything about sneakers, you don't know anything about fashion, you don't know anything about pretty much anything. <laughs> and uh, and uh, that was true. <laughs> but um, we were very curious, very keen on traveling, very keen on meeting different worlds. So we started our project with no money, but we decided to, to see if um, it was possible to create a sneaker that would, we, we could deconstruct a sneaker the way it's made meaning we, wa we wanted to do a canvas shoe. A canvas shoe is like Converse, you know? The canvas is the ma raw material uh, that uh, Converse, for example, use uh, for everybody uh, to know. Uh, the first question was, what is canvas? And really, as a consumer, as a user, I didn't know what was canvas. Canvas, it's cotton. And what is cotton? Cotton, it's a plant that use, um, it's 2% of the the field, uh, the agricultural field in the world, 2%, but it's 30% of the pesticides used. It uses a lot of pesticides to grow cotton. So we said, what if we try to do organic cotton? And what if we try to do fair trade cotton? Fair trade cotton means working with producers that are poor, that are marginalized, and helping them to develop their own exploitation, their own fields, and uh, paying them well, not paying them with the market, with the market price, but with a price that they can not survive, but live and invest and develop. So um, we uh, traveled in Brazil. We found organic cotton producers, very small cooperatives. And uh, we said, okay, you have uh, three tons of organic cotton. What if we, we buy you this cotton at uh, two times or three times the market price uh, and we transform this cotton into a thread and then into canvas etc so we did exactly the same thing very innocently we did exactly the same thing uh, for the rubber of the soul we went into the amazonian forest to meet understand and talk with guys that were living in the forest, communities that were living in the forest and that were, that were harvesting rubber on the rubber trees, but in the forest, not plantations. Huh? 
trees that are growing in the forest, there is one here, 50 meters, there is one other, 100 meters, there is one other, etc. And um, so in 2004, we did eight months of uh, kind of crazy traveling to meet all these people, and we learned so much. We learned, uh, I've, I, I, I've been once into Amazonian forest before, and it was a, a crazy traveling, crazy learning, crazy meeting. And everybody was saying, oh, you're crazy, it's not going to work, it's too complicated, uh, nobody does that. Uh, and then you have to design a sneaker, and then you have to, uh, uh, then you have to sell, etc., logistics, finance, blah, blah. But we started so small, very, very small, that it was okay. It was like a, an adventure. It was not a company. It was not a brand. It was an adventure. And we, uh, it's like you have a big mountain in front of you. You don't watch the top, but you watch all the steps you do to climb this mountain. You're not, con you're not focused on the top of the mountain. You focus on the step, every step you're doing, and the pleasure you have to do every step. So that's pretty much how it began. Where did that impetus come from? As you say, you were like 23, 24. Where did this idea that you, know, you had to change the way things were done come from? Was that, was that just something that you've grown up with that you wanted to do something more sustainably? Because 2000, was, now this was at a time where being sustainable wasn't mainstream. So where did this feeling that you wanted to change the business process come from? I have to tell you, it was very, um, I think it was very egoistic. I think um, it's very honest of you. <laughs> and this egoism, and this egoism is uh, is pretty much um, staying. It means that we create the product that we want to wear, mm. uh, and um, and we still create the product that we want to wear. So it was kind of a, an egoist act uh, to create a product that was. Um, well made uh, in uh, in the production sense, in the value chain uh, sense. So it was not a, a, a vision or for society, or it was not a philosophic uh, thought. We said we want to wear stuff like this. We want to wear stuff that are well made, and uh, we want to wear stuff that you you can be proud of the factory that you are using. Uh, where factory, where the workers in the factories are proud uh, and are well paid and live well and live okay. If not, maybe uh, it doesn't have a sense that uh, a guy in um, in a tower in New York, uh, in uh, Hong Kong, or in uh, Singapore or Paris makes a lot of money and the others no, uh, and the others are not uh, living well. So that's something inside Veja that we want everybody to get well paid on all the production chain from the, the organic cotton producers to the stores. And that's, that was not a vision. That was uh, what we wanted for us. Fantastic. Maybe it sounds strange, but uh, it's true. I mean, in a, in a way, you're, you're pioneering this kind of form of uh, social enterprise, if you like. Uh, what, how maybe you can describe, do you reconcile if playing more for the market for the, for the raw materials than the market would and making that profitable because it's not easy is it you're paying say double of what you might normally pay so that the the people on the ground have better lives but it works from a financial point of view 
Uh, it's quite, it was quite easy in our minds. It was, um, uh, first, we didn't know anything about uh, production, costs, uh, prices, etc. We didn't know anything. So we learned. And then the idea came maybe after six months of learning. It was maybe what we could do is we eradicate marketing, we eradicate advertising, we eradicate sponsoring, we eradicate uh, partnerships with uh, celebrities, basketball players, uh, soccer players, baseball players, whatever you, you want. We don't do any marketing, nothing. Mm. And all this uh, resource that is not used is put into production, which today uh, and at the time also, we produce uh, sneakers that cost three times to five times more than it would if we make them um, usual, meaning uh, with poor uh, raw materials in uh, factories that doesn't respect workers' lives uh, very well, where people are not very well paid, etc. And so our, our sneakers, they cost three to five times more, even sometimes seven times more, but they land on the market at the same price of the big brands, same category of products, because we don't do marketing. That's the only uh, trick we use, if we can call that a trick, huh? it's not a, a big trick, but, uh, but uh, we don't do any marketing, so all this marketing is put into production, that's it. Amazing. So fair trade is very much part of the DNA of your brand. And because you don't spend any money on marketing, you feel, well, it obviously has done, but you feel that the word of mouth and now the awareness of your sustainable production is going to propel you to a bigger, bigger market. Yeah. And we thought also if we do um, real projects, if we do uh, crazy projects, that have not been done, maybe people are going to speak about it. Maybe people are going to be interested about it, but really interested, not like you are interested into a Jordan campaign, marketing campaign. Maybe it seems cool to you, it seems okay, you watch it and, uh, it's, uh, and you forget. Our projects are not like this. We are putting the, the lights on Amazonia, for example. We are putting the lights on uh, organic cotton. We are putting the lights on what is a, a shoe factory. We are putting the lights on what about logistics, a warehouse, uh, a warehouse, a social inclusion warehouse, where people with broken lives are, are working and they are, they are doing the logistics of Veja. And a lot of people in 2005, they said it doesn't interest anybody. Nobody gives a about this uh, and that was true but we gave it we uh, we thought it was important and so maybe we follow our heart maybe we follow uh, what we thought was important and today more and more people are interested about it more and more people see the injustice of uh, the world we are creating uh, more and more people see uh, there is uh, problems in the world, which could be environment, which could be uh, social problems, etc. So we don't, we're not here to change the world. We're not here to um, to say uh, to say uh, Veja is changing everything, etc. We change uh, at our level. 
And for us, it's okay. It's sufficient. We don't have to convince everybody. We don't have to convince everybody that is the good way. That's our way. Some people like it. Some people don't like it, and it's okay. But what what we do, we don't convince. We act. We do, and we take pleasure doing it. That's the most important, I think. Taking pleasure in what you do, following what you think inside, and respecting what you what you think is the DNA of Veja. That's very inspiring. I mean, what really impresses me is how you've built this brand without any external investment to begin with, at least, and without any marketing. So it's all word of mouth. Uh, do you have any advice for independent brands starting out now? Like, how do you go about doing that without getting a lot of investment at the beginning? You know, building it organically. It's. Uh, I was talking about it uh, a few weeks ago. It's. Um, it's the relationship we have with time. Today we live in a world where, where everybody is um, crazy for time, meaning uh, you want to set up a brand that is well known all around the world in one year. And this is not good. For me, this is not good. Like good projects, it takes time. It takes time because if you are in a hurry, of course you're going you're gonna to meet problems that are not uh, being solved. You're taking you have to, there is a learning process every day. So you have to take your time. You don't have to build a brand or build whatever kind of company uh, to do it one year or two years and switch to another one. Because we, um, like a lot of my friends, they say, oh, you're doing Veja, you've been doing Veja for 15 years. You're not uh, bored? I said, no, because we put everything that we have uh, in us in the brand. We put all the love, all the thoughts, all the ideas we have we try to translate it into the brand, into projects inside the brand. So, bored, I've never been bored. I've never been so excited that uh, every day because we, we say, yeah, we want, as we are free, we, are, we don't have any investors, etc. we can take a path, we can take ways that are a bit uh, uh, crazy or, you know, that's, uh, like, let's say we open, we open our first store in Paris in October. It was a huge success. It's still a huge success. There is a line every day, etc. But like if you have investors, they say, okay, so open uh, everywhere, open. Uh, and we don't want, we want to have uh, one, two, three, make it very well, create uh, different projects, but take our time. And that's the, the, the relationship with, with time that, uh, that is important. That's all the nice projects like Lane Crawford, how long, took Lane Crawford to be created. Years, decades. Uh, the nice projects, they take decades to be created. It's not one year, two years. Where on my generation, which is the Google generation, we, have, we had uh, bad examples <laughs> on this. Like a Google that is set up and in two, two years later, it's worldwide and it's huge, etc. But it's not normal. Now, a quick word about our sponsor for this episode. Our Future Nature is brought to you by Authentic Gallery. Authentic Gallery makes buying and collecting stunning and impactful art easy, with a portion of proceeds of every purchase going towards vetted partner charities. Want to buy art and contribute to an impactful cause at the same time? Check out Authentic Gallery, spelled A-W-E-T-H-E-N-T-I-C gallery.com. So please visit AuthenticGallery.com to start browsing now. As a founder, as a, what advice would you give to other companies uh, in terms of 
you know, the fashion industry has to look into being more sustainable, can your business model and practices be applied to other brands and to other fashion businesses and other footwear businesses? Or are you the only ones who can implement this? No, I, I you know, I'm always um, not very at ease to uh, give uh, pieces of advice to other people because um, who am I to, to give advice? There is a lot of people in the fashion industry that knows much better than I do. So what we try to do is our project, you know. And then I was telling you that convincing other people, it doesn't interest me. Because uh, I think only acts and reality convince people. Uh, words, uh, giving pieces of advice. I'm not at ease because um, it's really, it was really easy in a way to build something like Veja. Uh, because we started from scratch, maybe it's much more difficult to change a business that is rolling, but that is not respecting the environment or respecting the people, but the business is rolling. So very, it's really difficult to change a business that is rolling because they don't want to change. They say, why changing? We are, we are doing well. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you, Sebastian. We are doing okay. Uh, don't give me advice. <laughs> and they are right. So, uh, I think it's step by step and I think everybody can, um, can dive into this with its own way. And uh, what, what I dream of is, uh, is not giving advice and say, yes, the Veja business model is the best. No, 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 it's not the best. It's our model. But please invent another one. Invent better. Implement this and surprise us. That's what I dream of. It's, uh, I, mean, I don't dream of a big Veja or I don't dream of 1,000... Uh, companies like Veja, but I dream of uh, a thousand companies with different things, inventing, etc. That's what uh, that's what I like. Diversity. It's better for everybody, and everybody gives its touch. So, giving advice, I'm not at ease. You have everything on the website of Veja. Everything is um, is put. Everything that we do, uh, with the cost, with the volume, with the suppliers, with everything. So, if somebody can take it and uh, learn from it and, and do something else, it's even better, I think. Fantastic. Just quickly about, uh, you just opened a store recently in Bordeaux, is that correct? Which sounds very exciting. Talk yes. a little bit about that. Yes, so we, it was uh, like t almost two years of work. Um, we opened in Bordeaux, which is a, a city in front of the sea. It could be like, uh, I would say San Francisco or Los Angeles in the U.S. Uh, because it's on the on the Pacific uh, on the, the Atlantic Ocean, and um, and it's a real real nice city to live. I have a friend that opens a crazy four acre acres place, Beautiful. and um, and it's a old military barrack, and it's a, a really nice place with a, a lot of uh, like a thousand people uh, working in NGOs, working in uh, very innovative, innovative companies. Uh, all together, there is a, a big, big, huge organic restaurant. There is a skate park, a huge, like the biggest skate park in Europe. So the place is a bit crazy. It looks a bit like Berlin. And we open up a, a huge store uh, there. Very uh, nice because the, the building is very nice. We didn't do a lot. So the building was so nice, we didn't do a lot. We decided to turn it into uh, our first a, a laboratory, a test project um, to um, repair, uh, clean, repair, collect, and recycle old shoes. 
So there we are not selling, it's not a, a Veja store, a typical Veja store. It's um, uh, selling our prototypes, selling things that we didn't launch, uh, selling old, old collections that are, like, there's not, not a lot left, but uh, uh, selling, uh, it's more a prototype store and then a place to recycle shoe. Start mm. to uh, the start of the recycling for Veja. I wanted a physical place to start this, uh, this movement uh, because the end of life of products, we were very bad. We didn't do uh, uh, nothing during those 15 years. We, um, we focused on all the steps before uh, one customer buys a Veja, but after we didn't work uh, on it. So for me, it was jumping into this um, repairing and recycling um, projects because uh, sneakers are maybe one of the most difficult products to recycle with phones, for example, because it has so much materials, cross materials, uh, stitch materials, glued materials, that it's really complicated to recycle. So we put a team on this um, to analyze what we could do to go see all the actors, all the players of recycling and create new uh, recycling chain for, for Veja. So for Veja, and my dream is for other brands also, uh, to be able to recycle Veja, but also all the, the other brands. So uh, Darwin, the, the store we have in Bordeaux, is really uh, somewhere to start this as a test on a, a local scale. Because I always love to, to do projects that start small and that are growing organically uh, naturally, I would say. And uh, so it's really the beginning because we opened two weeks ago. <laughs> I don't have any uh, feedbacks about um, people. I, I see that people are, are leaving their old, old shoes, uh, worn out shoes uh, into, uh, into the boxes we created there. But um, yes, this project is uh, in one year. I think we could, uh, we could talk more because we didn't, we didn't uh, say what we're going to do with uh, the recycled shoes yet. We, we wait for uh, the result to be here to uh, divulgate what we're going to do. All right, so you don't know what we're going to do with the recycled shoes yet. You're just collecting them first and then working We're out. collecting, we're recycling, and we're oh. going to do something. And maybe you can imagine what we can do, but uh, I won't tell. I won't say. Uh, looking forward to that result. So what else is on the horizon for Veja? Is it just sneakers or do you have other categories that you might be looking into? Oh, no, no. It's only sneakers. We have so many projects going on. We, um, we launched uh, the first running uh, Veja, uh, running shoe performance shoe in uh, September 2019. So it's going to be one year. Uh, very good, good feedbacks from the stores, very good feedbacks from the clients. So the second one uh, arrived in Paris. The, the first prototypes uh, of the second running shoe arrived in Paris, Paris yesterday. And we're very glad because we uh, enhanced uh, what we did. The first shoe was good. I think the second shoe is great. Uh, so it's going to be launched in uh, January 2021. So very, very glad that uh, it's here. And uh, we're working on a lot of shoes, a lot of collaborations, etc. But, you know, we, we don't like to, to speak about what's not on the market. We never talk about something uh, that is not landed because it's our way to avoid any greenwashing, to avoid any um, promises 
we uh, we prefer reality. Uh, so we don't we don't speak about um, about the projects. Uh, I think we're going to slow a bit because uh, last year was really crazy. Uh, with uh, we opened a store in Paris, we opened a store in a really nice store in New York. Uh, we opened in Bordeaux. We launched the running shoe, etc. So. The whole team is exhausted. Uh, the whole Vija team is exhausted. Mm -hmm. So um, I had a, a speech with them this morning because we, uh, we just entered in our new office in Paris. And I said, please go on holidays. Uh, you have to rest. Everybody has to rest this summer because uh, everybody is exhausted. So please, if you didn't, ex if you didn't plan uh, to go on holidays, plan it. And if you plan to go on holidays, plan uh, longer, <laughs> uh, because everybody has to rest to be back in uh, end of August, September, in a good shape, relaxed, etc. Like what we have been through this year has been uh, difficult on a personal and a professional point of view. So everybody has to rest. I don't know how you feel it in Hong Kong, but uh, if everybody is exhausted, but I feel a lot of wrath. I feel not in the team, but in the society. I feel mm. a lot of. Uh, People are angry, people are tired, people are, um, are tired of the unknown, etc. I don't know if you, how you feel in Hong Kong about this. If well, it's the same. It's not, I don't think it, Hong Kong's actually managed the situation pretty well. I think people have been working, but I think the unknown, not being able to travel, is a big thing for people in Hong Kong used, who are used to traveling a lot. Um, but I think the uncertainty, like you mentioned, is the biggest problem. Like, no one knows. You know, from a professional point of view, like what can you plan next month? And then, mm -hmm. as you say, we have another pop-up of a cluster of cases. So everything has to be cancelled again. It's like, where do we go from here? How can we be creative? How can we be innovative if no one can go out and do anything? So, you know, it's about dealing with the unknown and, and being uh, mindful that as long as we're healthy, that's really exactly be grateful for. So. It sounds like many, many interesting projects on the horizon for you, Sebastian. Um, looking forward to the new shoes and uh, can't wait to hear more. It's very inspiring hearing how you basically came, you started doing this when it wasn't really in vogue at all. And you know, you've now seen it all the way through becoming one of the most hip sneaker brands in the world without any marketing. That's really quite something. So congratulations on that. But um, there, are still, there is still a lot to do. A lot to achieve for us. It's the it's the beginning. Really, it's really the beginning of uh, a lot of people are talking about sustainability today, but really nothing has been done. We are at the one percent of what could be uh, achieved in the fashion industry. I'm saying. So, Absolutely. I think if, if other brands can learn how you've internalized the the principles, you know, people, planet, and profit, uh, I think it's going to be great and help transform the whole industry. So on behalf of Lane Crawford, thank you again for joining us. Thank and you. Good luck with all the major endeavors and look forward to hearing more about your successes in the future. Stay safe. Thank you for tuning in to Our Future Nature. Please remember to like and subscribe to keep up with the latest episodes. And if you enjoyed the podcast, it would really help if you could take a minute to leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. Much appreciated. Please follow us on Instagram at Our Future Nature Pod for behind the scenes and extra information. You can also follow me at Shawnee Davis 
if you want to be updated on the work that I do in green entrepreneurship, advocacy, and conservation. And finally, Our Future Nature was produced and powered by Authentic Studio. Thanks, everyone. See you next time.